Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship through song. Be seated. 
Good morning. We are happy to have everyone here and happy to have those of you watching online. This week we have quite a few things going on. So Wednesday at 5.30 you can come to the Connect Meal. And immediately following the Connect Meal at 6.30 we have the business meeting and prayer and share. So all of us are invited to that. Um, next Sunday you can come to Morris Farm from 2 to 4 to celebrate Evelyn Staten's 100th birthday, which is super exciting. After church today, we can party, and we're going to have a Christmas celebration next door. Everyone's invited, and lunch is provided. Sorry, I, I rhymed. I didn't mean to, but I did. It's pretty funny. Okay, and our Lottie Moon is ending um, today. The offering is ending today, and now we are going to watch a video um, about Lottie Moon and what it is that she did and how we can help serve. There's people that I've met that are like, I wake up, go to work, go in VR. Sometimes I sleep in VR, and then I wake up and do it all over again. And who else is going to evangelize to them? If Dr. Taco never evangelized to me, I don't know where I would be today. In virtual reality, they are real people all around the world that are genuinely looking for some type of social interaction to fill some void in their life that they might be missing in real life. There are people that are lost. They become recluse or shut in to where they don't want to go into the real world again, so they retreat to the virtual world. I was very unhappy in my life. I became an alcoholic. I just became so depressed and spiteful of everybody around me. To get away from that, I just wanted to be alone with other people that were also lonely and introverted. And so I eventually found this game called VR Chat. In virtual reality, people are inherently more simple than they are in real life. Whenever I was in VR, you know, I would drink and I would just ruin everybody's day. I would say very hateful things to them, I'd say very hurtful things to them. And so a lot of people in virtual reality, they, they do that. They're able to open up about their sins and they're able to hang out with people that enables them to continue to be even more sinful than they, than they would be in real life. That day, I was just hanging out by myself, drinking, and there's this guy and he's testing out his new avatar. Perfect, that's perfect. Okay, five, four, three, two. And this tiny two foot tall Nutella jar with a face and legs comes running up to us and starts kind of like making fun. And so I was saying, we're gonna go in and head out. But one of my friends named Silver stayed behind and actually got to talk to Michaela Moore. And Silver, she was just sitting alone by herself. So I started talking to her. You know, I was a little, drunk at the time and so I started like sharing all of my woes to her. She was like, there's this guy named Dr. Taco and I was like, oh that's the guy I just made fun of. Dr. Taco and I start talking and I'm like, hey, you know, my life is actually really awful and he said, you can fix that with Jesus. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And he starts to share the gospel with me and he continues to share the gospel with me. It started to like fill this void in my heart that I've been chasing with alcohol. And instead of like filling that void with hatred, I wanted to have my heart filled with Jesus. So my husband and I now, we do virtual ministry, which is just like any other real life ministry, except 
You go into a video game and you tell people about Jesus. That's just a tool. That's just one of the many, many, many tools missionaries are using to reach out to the lost around them. It's not very much different, except for maybe you're sharing the gospel with, you know, like a SpongeBob character, or you're sharing the gospel with a carrot with legs or a banana with sunglasses. VRChat is that same avenue to bring people from where they are without Christ to a relationship and a life with Christ. Although virtual reality isn't the real world, there's real people inside of it, and there's real people there that need the gospel. This is the second Sunday in Advent. Today we light two purple candles. Last Sunday we lit the candle of hope. This Sunday we light the candle of love. One verse that many memorize and remember on this day is John 3, 16. God so loved Okay, yeah, you can do it. Can I hold it? God loved God God That he gave his only son. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him. That he ever brings in him. Should not perish. He should not perish. But have everlasting life. Have everlasting life. Let, let it go. Some people, may, some people may know, not know the love of other people. That makes it harder for them to understand God's love. During Advent, we pray that we may remember God's gift of Jesus to the world and know that God's love for all people is the reason for this gift. When we look at the second candle, we remember God's love. When we read the words of Scripture, we know of God's greatness and care. We remember God's love at Advent when we remember that God sent Jesus to help us know that God is loving and just. Comfort Isaiah 40, 1-8. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity Iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. And the, the rough ground become a plain and the rugged terrarian a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Call out. Then he answered, What shall I call out? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the work of our God stands forever. Yeah, you can hold it. 
Dear God, thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for your son Jesus. Thank you for the words in the Bible. Thank you for the words in the Bible. Help us bring your message. <laughs> Help us bring your message to people we need. Help us be messengers. Help us be messengers of God's love. Of God's love of everyone. Please stand with us once again as we continue to worship through song. And this next song we're doing, a uh, tune's going to sound very, very familiar to you, but the words will be a little bit different. But it is to the tune of Come Thou Fountain, Come Here to rescue from the fall, 
Son of God, who comes to save us, friends of peace and Lord for all. You know this part. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou fount of all blessing. Come thou fount, come thou king. Come thou precious prince of peace. Hear your bride to you we sing. Come thou fount of all blessing. For the heart so prone to wander. For these feet so quick to flee, God is here and love is reaching for the lost and least of these. This is Jesus, King of glory, here to rescue from the fall. Son of God who comes to save us, Prince of peace and Lord of all. Come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your cry to you we sing. Come thou found of our blessing, come thou found, come thou king, come thou precious prince of peace, hear your cry to you we sing. Come thou found. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make, sh make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Oh, the darkness 
All right. So we're in. We're going to finish up Second Timothy today. Okay, finish up Second Timothy. Know that I'm not going to read all the verses in the fourth chapter. Paul wraps up a lot of stuff, mentions a lot of names, and and today's not a name a, a name reading day. Okay, and so I'd encourage you to do that. It's a, um, are we good now? Okay. So I just told you guys how wonderful you looked. <laughs> and you couldn't hear it, so there we go. All right, so we're going to finish up Second Timothy today. And uh, it's a day of technical difficulties. But we got a crew back there that make it happen. All right. Yeah. All right. So, finish up Second Timothy. This is Paul's letter while he's in jail on his way out. And we'll talk about that today as we read that. And he wants to hand the baton off. He's, he's, he's retiring, so to speak. And he's handing the baton off to Timothy. He wants Timothy to take it up where he's at and sprint to the finish. Sprint to the finish. I remember, it wasn't a sprinter, but we, we, when I ran track, it was when you hit the baton, you handed that baton, you wanted the other guy to take off. Usually when you handed off the baton, you were at the end. You'd given everything, and that's exactly what Paul is doing. And he's handing that baton off, laying that in Timothy's hand, and wants to get him started and running. That's the idea that Paul, as we read this about 2 Timothy, about Timothy, this letter to Timothy, understand that God wants... Paul would, would, would like to hand the baton off to you guys, to me, to run that race so that we can bring people into the kingdom. That's his desire. So last week we talked about, you know, why, why, do, we, why do we need Christmas? We needed Christmas because we were sinners. We heard the story. We've heard the story. We, I think we know the story. Jesus was born. That's why we celebrate Christmas, right? You know, that, that reason for the season kind of thing that we all do? It, Jesus is the reason for the season, okay? I can rhyme just like Heather, okay? And so um, here we go. It, it is the idea that Jesus was born. But here's the question, and I want you to think about this. Because we're all good about celebrating Christmas, and there are a lot of people celebrating Christmas. It's all about Christmas presents and everything like that. So Jesus was born. Then what happened? Okay, then what happened? It's that question, you know, when the shepherds went and chased down the, the, the manger and found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, did they ask that question years later, what happened to that guy that we went, that little baby that we went and saw in a manger in Bethlehem, where did, what happened to him, where did he go? All this fanfare that the angels announced it, uh, trumpeted it to us, and, and so what happened? So we're going to read here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the first eight verses, we'll skip down and we'll read another verse a little bit later in the chapter. We've read part of this chapter earlier on when we talked about Paul asking Timothy to come and see him. So let's pick it up in the first chapter, first verse, excuse me, of the fourth chapter. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things and do hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And in the future there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who love his appearing. Then on down to the 18th verse. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So as Paul writes this, that first verse there, understand that Paul writes all this exhortation to Timothy to preach the word. And when he writes that, he believes and knows for a fact that Jesus is what? He's coming back. Paul expected Jesus to come back any moment. He needed to live with that expectation that he could come back at every moment. Let's not be lulled. Well, he hadn't come back for all these years. Maybe he's not coming back. Jesus is coming back. The time, we don't know when the time is. We have to live, as Paul preached, like it's today. I mean, we're going to go over and, and have lunch. But the fact is, if we really believe what we just read there, what Paul preached to us is we may miss that meal. And that would be perfectly fine, right? Because Jesus can, he can come back, right? That's what we understand with. So as Paul writes that, and as he's handing off the baton to him, he says, preach the word. Essentially, this is, what, this is what Paul is asking Timothy to do all, all throughout the letter. And this, he just comes back a little stronger with it. Preach the word. Preach the word. I want you to go out and tell people about Jesus Christ. That's your commission. That's what you need to do. That's what we need to do. There's a lost and dying world out there. As we talked, you know, we watched, it was a, the strangest Lottie Moon video I've watched so far, Okay. One, because I don't get the whole VR thing, all right? I, I've never done that. I've not gotten that. But she's right. There are people hiding behind headsets or living in headsets that need Jesus. There are people outside of the headsets that need Jesus. And who's going to tell them? Somebody else. You may be with somebody else. You need somebody else to tell somebody else about Jesus. So... Preach the word in season and, and out of season. I, I had to stop and look that up. What's that mean, in season, out of season? I didn't know there was a, you know, like, is, is there, there's like deer season. Is there a gospel season? You know, do I have to get a permit for this? Will I have to wear orange when I'm out there doing it? And what, what, what's, what's the deal? And so it in season, out of season, because they didn't have seasons back then for deer hunting. But in season means when it's convenient. There are times when it's convenient to talk to people about Jesus, Right? Being in here is one of those times when it's convenient. Being in Sunday school class, in your small group, today over at lunch, it's convenient because you're in a church setting. It's inconvenient at other times. And so what Paul says, it doesn't matter if it's convenient or inconvenient, you tell people about Jesus. Preach the word. How many of us have found 50 excuses not to preach the word? 
because it was inconvenient. We, we made it inconvenient. If it wasn't, we made it inconvenient. And what Paul's telling us, look, the only way they're going to find out about Jesus is you do it. If you tell them about Jesus. And whether it's convenient or inconvenient, in season, out of season, just tell them. Because you don't know what God's doing in their life already. It might seem inconvenient for you, but it might be the very time that God is working on them to hear the gospel. So how are we going to do that? We need to tell that. And it says in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Get alongside of them, correct them, um, convince them, challenge them. That's what it's talking about, the idea when you read that in other versions. And I'd encourage you to do that later. Read that and to see that and to kind of grasp that. That, 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 that halftime speech, that time where you're sitting down and you're, and you're talking with them patiently. But that's the, the, the rebuke, reprove, exhort. <clears throat> Have you ever been doing something wrong? And didn't know it. You know, I, I worked at Hardy's for like two weeks. And, the, and, and I worked midnight shift. And that, I, that meant I cleaned the fry machine. And then eventually they showed me how to clean the griddle. That flat iron thing that y'all think is cool now because you run out and buy those things at the Walmarts and the places and you get this griddle, right? Well, that's what Hardy's has, Okay. But anyway, we had to clean, because we, we, flipped, we, we switched from hamburgers at like 2 in the morning to, to sausage, okay? And so you, you, can't, you can't fry, the, hamburger, the sausage can't taste like hamburger, okay? I'm not sure who can tell at that time of the morning. But anyway, we did that. So the first guy shows me how to do it. He says, hey, just pour a little water off there and scrape that off, Okay? So that guy quits because they don't promote him. The next guy comes in. He's there. The next, I got a new guy. I come in. I, there's a new guy there. Hey, the other guy's not going to be here. Okay, it's time to switch over. I grabbed that little bottle of water, and I, I threw that on the griddle, and that guy came unglued. His eyeballs popped out. He turned all shades of red. You can't do that. Okay. So I, he, re, he rebuked me. That's what that was, right? He, in the middle of doing that, no, no, no. You know, I didn't do it again, okay? But that's what rebuking is. When we see somebody, they may not, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. There are people out there living in sin that don't quite get it. So you can pop your eyeballs out, go all kinds of wild there and just tell them, hey, look. The wages of that behavior is, is death. You do the same. If you saw somebody about ready to operate a chainsaw or something else that was about to, to maim them, you wouldn't just casually, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to talk to them about that because it's not convenient. You're going to jump in there and stop. Okay, that's what we need to do. Jump, some comes up, why? You know, and then tell them why. Because they may, you think everybody knows what you know? I, I'm just going to give you this, this pat on the back. You're smarter than everybody else around you, okay? Tell them about Jesus and tell them what sin does. Okay, they need to know that. They need to hear that. You need to speak into their life with great patience and instruction is how he rounds that out. Because we're living in a world, again, Paul wrote this. Over a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, not quite. 
1,900 years ago. And he said, he said these people are going to do things in accordance to their own desires. Man, I'm glad in 2023 that we're not living and people are not looking to have things in accordance with their own desires. Here's what Paul says. People are going to go out there and they want their ears tickled, right? They, they want tickled. They want a pat on the back. They don't want corrected. They don't want rebuked. They don't want you to jump in their face. They want everything to be nice and easy and rosy. And you think that's just on the outside? But I'm telling you, on the inside of the church, there are churches that have these guys. They have a congregation that hired that guy so he could tell them that their life is just perfect. And everything's going to be great because they showed up and sat in the pew and put money in the plate. And I'll give you that little bottle of holy water and you'll be all blessed. Why are we doing that? Because somebody decided they wanted something. They, want, they wanted preaching in accordance with their own desires. They want justification of the way that they live, even though it's opposite and it's against what the Scripture says. We'll just skip that part. We'll tell you the good things. God's going to bless you. Okay, That's what Paul's preaching against. They, they will turn aside from following God. They'll turn aside from the hard work of the gospel. You know, Paul, Paul did that. We're talking about that. Paul did that. He stuck it out. It wasn't about living a rosy life. It was about preaching the gospel. And so what Paul says, here you are. I want you to preach the word. I want you to rebuke. I want you to exhort. I want you to correct. I want you to have patience. I want you to instruct these people. But know this, he's already said this, that we're going to live in a land, and we're going to live around the people that really don't want to hear it. The world that we live in. And, and so, you're going to have to endure it. It's not going to be an easy thing to do. I'm not asking you to do easy, I'm asking you to preach the word. I'm asking you to do something eternal. That's what Paul is asking Timothy to do, to do something eternal, to do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That's what he's asking him to do. And Paul does this. As Paul's speaking into Timothy, and Timothy's going, I'm not sure about this, right? Paul is not asking Timothy to do any more than he did. Paul, as he writes, says, I have finished the course. I have finished the course. The time has come. He knows that he's about to depart. Whether it was he's going to, they're going to put him to death or he's dying, he knows the time has come. I have finished the course. It's not that I have given up. It's that I have finished the course. I love this verse. The seventh verse. I love, I've always loved this verse. When I came a new Christian, I started reading them. like, this is what I want to be able to say at the end of my life, right? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. And I have kept the faith. I want you to say that with me. Because I want you to know how good it feels to say that. But it's going to take work for us to get there. Let's go. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. 
Okay, I've kept the faith. That's what Paul said. Timothy, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to be able to come along and do that very thing. Now, I want to ask you this question. Where did Paul learn how to finish? Does it sound familiar? I have finished the course. In John 19.30, it's not a Christmas scripture, but it is. Therefore, Jesus on the cross. This is what John's recording. Jesus is on the cross at this time. This is like the Easter, the Resurrection Sunday verse that we will read. Therefore, when Jesus had received this, the sour wine, he said, it is finished. He bowed, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. What a powerful, powerful sentence there. It is finished. When I was, when I was a new Christian, this was back when they had the choir and the choir robes and everything back in the, back in the olden days. Okay? And, and, and this guy by the name of Dave Dowdy, I ran across him. He's, he's, they're, they're up in Lincoln Avenue at, at Jacksonville. But, but I wasn't, much, you know, I was in the deep purple, okay? Not choir music. But when they sang, it is finished. The battle is over, and, and I don't remember the rest of the words. But that guy's voice and the rest of the choir backing him, brought that, that statement to life. It is finished. So what Paul's doing is exactly what Jesus did. When we talk about the, the birth, with all the excitement, everybody's all good about talking about Jesus coming and born in a little manger and that cute stuff. Let's not forget the end of the story because that's only the beginning of the story. Then he came, God, for God so loved the world, as Eli said, right? Eli's telling us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's Jesus Christ, born in a manger, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How does that happen? It's only because Jesus went to the cross and had his arms nailed to the cross, bleeding for you and I, shedding his blood for the remission of our sins. It's only that when he says it is finished, the redemptive work, that's part two to the story. Without part two, part one is meaningless. Jesus Christ died on the cross. That's what we need to take the opportunity to, to tell somebody the rest of the story, to tell the rest of the story. It's the birth, it's the resurrection, and then the return. Amen? The trump shall sound. I don't understand VR stuff, but I'm a lot closer to understanding that than I am understanding a trump that's going to sound all around the world. But yet the trump is going to sound. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain who can't fly are going to fly. Meet him in the air. I want you to think about this. You, you guys have a ton of stuff around the house that you were working on that's undone. I don't want you to think about that, but I want to ask you this question. 
Is my mic not working? Oh. On. Is there one on there? There we go. Okay. Take two. Let's start over from the beginning. <laughs> so, you guys have stuff that's unfinished around the house. I'm going to ask you a question, but it's not about painting. It's not about trim. It's not about any of that stuff. But I want you to think about this. Because when Paul says, I finished the course, he's not talking about housework. He's not talking about the car in the driveway that needs fixed. He's talking about his life with Christ. So this is the question. What God task needs finished? Okay? What has God called you to do that you have pushed aside and ran away from? You've done your Jonah thing to, to the best of your ability. God still wants you to go. He's waiting for you to pick it up and finish. So that's what I want you to think about. And then as we're doing this, as we're talking about this, that, finished, that unfinished task may be sharing the rest of the story. We're going to stand. We're going to, Adam's going to come up here and lead us in music, and we'll have an, a time of invitation. The time of invitation as we give this, if you don't know Jesus, he's Lord and Savior, I would love to talk to you about that, okay? And we'll do that without the microphone, okay? We'll talk about Jesus. If you want to pray for somebody that doesn't know Jesus, you come down here and pray. We'll pray with you. It may be that something else is on your heart. You may want to just come and pray for the missionaries. I, I don't understand that, but I want to pray. And I'm thankful that somebody can do what I don't understand. You may want to pray for them. You may have some other prayer needs. You may want to join the church today. We'll talk about that, what it means to join the church, what it means to become part of who we are here. We'd encourage you, and we'd welcome you to do so. So let's stand. And time. 
His hands beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The God had three in one. Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Join us in prayer. Father, we come this day, Lord, giving you thanks, Lord, for your blessings. Father, giving you thanks that you sent your Son. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Father, we rejoice in his birth this time of the year. But even so greater is when we understand what that birth meant and the victory that was provided in, in the, the tomb, in the, in the resurrection. Father, we pray that you be with us through this remainder of this day. Father, throughout this week, let us be a light. Let us go out and preach the word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, what we're going to do next is we're going to take a, a paper ballot. We won't take very long. So if the, if the stewardship guys could come, and they're going to they're pass out a ballot. It has yes and no on it. So if you were in favor of the budget, mark yes. If you didn't like the budget, mark no. Okay, and so those people that are going to go cook for us, if you want to fill out your ballot and then leave it on the front, and that, that way you don't have to wait so long. Okay? While you're looking at the ballots there and filling out the ballots, um, here's the have you reads for this week. We're going to continue in Numbers, Isaiah, and Romans. We're going to go back to Matthew, and we'll do Luke next week, so you're going to read the Christmas story ahead of time. As we talk about engaging others, exhorting, rebuking, encouraging with the word, uh, I, have, I, have thoroughly enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy our, our prayer and share thing. Because on Wednesday night we get together and it's, it's neat to be able to talk about Scripture. 
Yeah, that's, that's kind of what prayer and share is, right? We pray for people, but then we, then we talk about what we've read and have a discussion over the Scripture. So, again, I'd encourage you to do that. So when you get your ballots filled out, pass them back to the middle, and they'll collect them. We'll get a count later today. It will be in tomorrow's email. If, you stick, if you're sticking around for our Christmas celebration, you will find out that as we do that celebration over there in the other building. Anybody else got a ballot? Okay. Are you guys ready to walk across the street? Run? Skip? Is anybody going to skip across the street? Clint will skip, okay? I want video. Okay. So thank you guys. I'll see you in the other building.